I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, up and way home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. I make a smile November until opening day. Suffering baseball withdrawal around the clock. When April comes, hey, meet me down on Yawkey Way. That's when Red Sox. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late watching on Periscope, the podcast, as always, can be found within 30 minutes of the conclusion of this broadcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. Pardon the uh, police siren in the background. Uh, You can also, once again, find it on Spreaker and Player FM. Still working on iHeartRadio. Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set against the Atlanta Braves. And uh, I am Terry Cushman and joined, as always, by Austin Hartsfield. Dave Kwiatkowski is uh, off tonight because he is a slacker. Just kidding. He um, <laughs> he uh, actually had a kind of a family issue he had to tend to. So hopefully everything is uh, good there. But uh, good to good to have you, Austin. We'll have to hold down the fort. I think we can manage it. You've been uh, pretty busy on double coverage with uh, football starting, haven't you? Yeah, uh, I did, I think, seven hours of podcasts today between, after this it'll be eight, like eight, probably eight and a half, something like that, but I think I did three episodes of double coverage today, just doing previews, week one pickums, and then uh, uh episode of Rated R podcast in San Antonio today. Oh, wow. A busy, busy day. Kid. Yeah, yeah, the most I've ever done is two. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so let me uh, flip back to the recap here, and we'll dive right into the series. Uh, game one on Monday, Labor Day, Nathan Avaldi got the start. Pretty sloppy for three and a third. Gave up four walks, but no runs for a change. Two hits, four strikeouts. Game was uh, scoreless until the fifth inning, and uh, then uh, Kinsler, Vasquez, Betts each drove in uh, runs on base hits. Albies homered in the sixth, and then Kurt Suzuki, sack fly, RBI'd in the seventh, and then finally uh, in the eighth and ninth, the Red Sox really blew it open with Bogarts, Benintendi, Kinsler, all driving in runs and uh, put the uh, exclamation point on the board in the final two innings. Due to Evaldi's inefficiency, the Red Sox needed seven relievers in all, so the bullpen was pretty busy, but 8-2 to two the final. Rick Porcello got the start in Game 2, 
and uh, scuffled a little early, including a fastball up on Dansby Swanson's head, and then proceeded to be lights out for the next few innings, and he was pulled in the fifth. Pierce, uh, Steve Pierce uh, drove in uh, two on a single in the sixth. Actually, I skipped ahead there. Bogarts, Pierce, and Nunez uh, all had a pretty productive fifth inning driving in runs. Then Steve Pierce uh, drove in two more. He was three for four for the day, had a, had a really good game, and uh, bullpen was pretty strong, only gave up two hits. Sox win that one. Five to one, and then finally today, Hector Velasquez uh, gave up a couple of runs uh, in about four innings. Uh, one was the leadoff solo shot by Ronald Acuna, who had been sort of quiet the whole series. And uh, towards the end of the inning, uh, Nick Markakis had a sack fly RBI. Brandon Phillips made his presence felt early when he was able to deke the first baseman and uh, on kind of a heads up. Uh, you know, base running play and uh, scored the first run. Kept it within a run till the fifth. Drew Pomeranz then proceeded to get absolutely shelled in the fifth inning. Gave up five runs. Game seemed out of reach, but in the eighth, Swihart, Benintendi, Kinsler all drove in multiple RBIs to tie the game. And, um, Red Sox bullpen gave up a run in the bottom of the eighth, but then Brandon Phillips hit a two-run shot to put the Red Sox uh, in the lead in the bottom in the top of the ninth, and then Craig Kimbrell successfully closed it out nine to eight the final. Red Sox sweep the Braves, so kind of uh, kind of a weird series, but. We'll get into it uh, even more, but uh, shout-outs and call-outs first. And if you're new to that segment, Austin and I will each shout-out a player who did very well throughout the series, and then um, we'll do the exact opposite and try to call out a player even though there was a sweep. So why don't you lead it off, Austin, with your shout-out. How about, like, our new hero right now? I mean, Brandon Phillips only called up for, I mean, only played, let's put it that way, for one game, gets on base twice before uh, hitting a go-ahead homer and kind of sending us home happy. Yeah, and uh, it's certainly going to make the uh, third base situation a little uh, more interesting as the season goes, and maybe as we start the month of October. Yeah, it should it should make it interesting, to say the least. I mean, especially with everybody up now. It's a, it's a full-scale competition, like, basically, besides first base, in my opinion, in short. Right, absolutely. And uh, my uh, shout-out is I'm still clearly not comfortable with the segment, but my shout-out will go to Andrew Benatendi, who was really somewhat lost at the plate coming into the series. And uh, as we were talking about uh, right before we came on, was 5-for-9. He did set the middle game, but seemed to uh, find his swing and was right in the thick of a lot of the action throughout the series. And... um it's always a matter of time with him. I, I don't think I, I've ever really worried 
about him getting into a really prolonged slump like we've seen with Bradley and even Mitch Moreland. And I think he's a guy that we're definitely going to be able to count on in the month of October. Yeah, he's already been able to do it in the past in October. And with a swing like that, you can't stay cold too long. Absolutely not. And he's got he's got the personality for Fenway, too. He's you oh, know, yeah. he's hard-headed and, and uh, you know, that was a great, great uh, first-round pick by the Red Sox. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know who we can't count on in the month of October? I have a feeling you're about to tell us with your call-out. Oh, yeah. My call-out is Drew Pomerantz, probably my least favorite human being uh, that holds a baseball. He He's horrendous. I mean, you know, he gave us a little hope last week, last series at least, with uh, going four innings, no runs. But we did look past the fact that he had seven hits in that outing. Did not look good today, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, he goes a third of an inning, allows five earned runs, and at no point was I like, you know what, this is okay. So <laughs> I'm, uh, as a member of the Drew Pomeranz hate club, I mean, the charge is back on. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a little bit of lefty help with um, Robbie Scott coming up. So hopefully that will um, will pan out. And, and Stephen Wright is in the pen. He's a righty, but at least will provide some stability uh, one way or the other if, uh, if his knee can, uh, can stay healthy. Uh, my call out, I, as you know, I kind of struggled with this. It's kind of hard sometimes when the Red Sox sweep, but um, I'm just going to go with Nathan Avaldi. And maybe we're at the point where he was a little overrated coming in. You know, the baseball nerds would say, "Oh, this was an absolute steal, and it, this could be a brilliant trade." But it, it's been everything but that after his first two starts and. It's almost a bullpen day every time he does get a start. And I know he didn't give up any runs, but he was like 40 pitches in the first inning and just not a very good performance. And it's tough to really know where he's going to fit, you know, as the playoffs do come around. And hopefully, hopefully he'll improve to, you know, either end up in a, in a game four situation or maybe just another long relief option because as we were saying in the last episode there's really no obvious candidate right now to do long relief like we don't have our Andrew Miller and and maybe that's like reaching too far but maybe maybe we don't have our Charlie Morton is actually the best way to put it from last year so Hopefully. Yeah, but the problem is we have everything else you know I feel like that's like the last piece to, at this point from this team being amazing, like almost unbeatable. Yeah. If we can get a long relief option and we can get somebody who's dependable, since right now it's probably looking like it's going to be Sale, Price, Erod, Porcello. Is that what we're thinking? It's kind of hard to imagine that you're going to go three lefties in a row, but I I think you're going to have to put Porcello in game three. Well, I was going to say, I think the three lefties give you your best chance to win. So, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it it just depends on what the score is. I mean, if we're down two to nothing, I guess I'm going to prefer Erod, to be honest with you. 
uh, unless he, you know, gets, you know, roughed up a few starts in a row. But Porcello, we'll just turn it over to, uh, you know, the the full recap now. Um, I mean, that was a better start. It, It was good enough to get the win. Yeah, and and but significantly better than what he had been, you know, doing in his previous starts and and but the one thing was was he just wasn't efficient, you know. He was already basically up to a hundred pitches by the end of the fifth there and had to come out. Yeah, he was he was good enough, you know, I mean, as bad as we think it was, not bad, but like as mediocre as we think it was, he only allowed two hits. He just didn't have any control. He Number one, he wasn't getting calls either, so let's not act like that wasn't a thing because it, it was. like The umpire was not very good in that game. They weren't getting calls that they usually get on the outside. And, uh, I mean, he gives up two hits, one home run to, I think, Suzuki. But, uh, you know, besides hitting Dansby Swanson in the head, I don't think it was a bad start. Yeah, and, you know... Maybe maybe that's what he has to do. Maybe he has to hit a guy in the head and <laughs> the game gets turned around. Because right when that happened, I'm like, this he's going to be a train wreck. You know, he's hitting guys and he just hasn't been pitching well. Like, I just figured he was just going to sink like a rock after that. And But he but, tightened up, Yeah, which was, which was good. After that, he tightened everything up. You know, he made sure that he got around on a slider because... For anybody that doesn't know, that was a slider that hit Dansby in the head. Porcello didn't get around it with his fingers, and it just sailed. Yeah. It wasn't like he was trying to hit him. It wasn't anything like that. It, it just slipped. But after that, he made sure everything was pretty good. He got out of that inning, and, well, they uh, they wound up getting the win. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads me to my next thing here. The matchups did not favor us coming into the series. Not at all. Like, so did the Red Sox sweep this series because they're a really good team, or did they sweep because the Braves fucking blew it? Uh, the Braves' bullpen was really, really bad this set. Right. Like, even even Tookie Toussaint didn't play that bad. You know, I mean, he goes four scoreless innings, and... I think he go- winds up going five, and they finally get him in the fifth. But, I mean, the Atlanta starting pitchers weren't bad. You know, it was just that bullpen. And the funny thing is, funny enough, that bullpen that they bolstered up, adding Brad guys like Brad Brock and th- stuff like that. But, like, I just I don't understand how you can go and get so much at the trade deadline like Atlanta did to bolster a bullpen like that and have them basically blow up like this. Because Venters was awful. Yeah, and Brock has been a dumpster fire himself for much of the year. You know, I wasn't a, I didn't think that that was a, a you know, a real good trade. I mean, maybe a, a complimentary piece if he got his act together, but um, there were definitely better arms out there, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Winkler doesn't even get an out today. He, right. he faces, I think, four guys, four hits, four runs, four earned runs. But yeah. it was just, it was a pathetic showing by the Atlanta bullpen, and the Red Sox took advantage of it like good teams do. Yeah, and you have to wonder, you know, where does Atlanta stack up? Because they're a division leader right now, and, and 
I mean, this on paper looked like a great series, but like we said, the matchups didn't work, and then Atlanta couldn't really capitalize on the fact that we were basically going to have two bullpen days. And, you know, so, I mean, you know, they'll end up playing, let's see, the Cubs are probably going to play the wild card, so they'll play the winner of the West, I guess. Which is the the Braves will so I just I don't know that they're really built well for the postseason if you know if this series is any indication and the and the bullpen that they have is any indication of what's to come you know in just only a few weeks now and the sad part is you know we talk we talk about the NLEs and it was a prime time for the Phillies to take advantage of the fact that the Red Sox were in Atlanta and go in, sweep the Marlins, pick up three games, and uh, only be back probably one or two games or something like that. How did it pan out? But they didn't. They lost two out of three to Miami. Wow. Yeah. Can't do that. They're just both going backwards the same way. And you you look at the Nationals and, you know, and you're like, seriously, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't beat these guys? And I don't know. It's just that... Yeah, that whole division right now, it's just a, you know, they're just not playing, you know, they're not rising to the occasion, I guess, is, is the best it's, way to put it. And a lot of that is, a lot of that, in my opinion, is the youth. Right. You get this late in the season, you have guys that are that young. Some people step up to the plate and take advantage of it. Other people don't. Right. And, and Mark Akis is uh, apparently slumping, as well as Freeman. I saw a stat on... Ciarte isn't hitting great either. No, yeah. And, and those, he's not... I mean, he's been around for, you know, at least a few years, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's basically one of their veteran players. So they're just not getting a lot out of those guys. I think, was it Freeman didn't have a home run? He, he only had, like, two home runs against a righty since, like, July 5th or something. It was, it was Freddie. It was a crazy stat, yeah. So... You know, you, you definitely need those guys to step up if, uh, you know, if you want to at least, you know, make a good account of yourself in October. Yep. So um, let's talk about Brandon Phillips. Are you excited? <laughs> a little bit, but we got nothing but log jams on the corners of our infield right now. And Pierce looked good this series and seems to be hot and cold you know he looked good against the yankees kind of quiet after that and uh you know had a great series against atlanta and so the most important important part about steve pierce right is that he looked good against righties this series true that's 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 huge because he's going to be good against lefties if he can get hot against righties then he's basically the whole package at first base yeah, and you know, Moreland can be clutch at times, so it's like I he slid into the, you know, into the sidewall there and caught his uh kneecap on one of those little metal rungs and hasn't really been the same since, but but he do, even when he's healthy, he's he could go like you know, 5 for 40 or something and just be terrible. That's another thing, though. With Mitch, you take you take the 5 for 40, right? Because he has the opportunity to go 12 for 30 at one point, but also play gold glove defense. Right. 
Right. It's you know you you kind of take the good with the bad with both guys at first base. No, I get that, but I just think Brandon Phillips, like I said on the last show, could potentially be our second best infielder, and he he's a Gold Glove defender at second base, and I, I don't think they're going to take that away from Kinsler at this point. But if he's if he's half the defender that he was in Cincinnati then he's going to be the best defender in our infield. You think he's that good? I mean, Kinsler, yep, I think I Kinsler's really good. Ian Ian is really really good. Yeah. Ian, you know, but when we when we talked about it, we said, you know, Kinsler was going to play gold glove defense, but he's also going to hit what? 250, we think, something like that, something in that range. With Phillips, it's not just gold glove defense, it's platinum glove defense. He's got the instincts at second base that Jackie Bradley has in the outfield. You know, he'd kind of take a couple steps right right as the batter is swinging in order to get there. I'm really excited about Brandon. Yeah, I just, I'm trying to find a way to keep him in the lineup. And you hate to take, take it away from Nunez because, I mean, he's been playing well and kind of back to his... 2016 2017 form when he was hitting above 300 and he was a spark plug for this team last year yeah immediately when he he was acquired i wasn't crazy about the trade but i mean he was a game changer right away and and you know the team just really responded you know they upped their games and and you know we had a pretty decent august and so, like I said, I, I hate to take the bat away from him. I think he's adequate enough as a defender, even, you know, in 2018 at third. But, I mean, if you put Phillips over there, that's a great glove. And Xander plays a pretty good shortstop. Kinsler's a, a gold glove second baseman. And you could have Moreland at first, you know, if – if he I'm all for third base Brandon Phillips. Yeah. And here here's the last thing. I mean, if Nunez continues to be that spark plug, is there any way that Phillips ends up at first base? Do do Pierce and Moreland take a back seat to Phillips? Uh I don't know about that one. It's it's obviously possible because anything's possible with Alex Cora. We've seen Swihart play first base. We've even seen Holt play first base. So, I mean, a little, I think that's a long shot. I think that's a long shot, but I'm just saying, I mean, you have to, it's hard to know what the best lineup is, you know, and we know who all the better defenders are. Now, how can you get the most defensively, but also have some really good offense in there as well? It's just, it's, it's a tough, it's a hard picture right now. And, and I mean, if Devers swings a hot bat, I mean that's just going to complicate it more. And I'm just content to just sit him out and bring him back next year, you know. And I think he's gonna he's gonna do a lot of damage for several years here. But I just don't know that now is the time for Devers. Yeah, I I'm not really sure what they're gonna do with Devers. I mean. You know, Cora made the comment last week that he just wasn't playing good enough, but here he is up here. He's been playing okay. But is is he ready? Do you I don't think he's ready, especially when we guys who are producing have guys who are producing right now. We don't have time for later at this point. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's just 
it's just not his time right now. And, you know, and you can kind of play with things a little bit. Like, could do you really want J.D. Martinez playing outfield somewhere and then have Devers DH? Like, or is that too much of a defensive liability? I don't think J.D.'s as bad defensively as people think, right? But it's like, it comes down to... You almost can't take Jackie out of center at this point, as good as he's been defensively. Do you want to take Benny out right now? And, you know, he just had a three for five game, five for nine for the set. I don't really want to mess with him. And you have Mookie, who's probably going to be your AL MVP. So I don't even want to touch the outfield. Right. And that's what I'm saying. And and Bradley would be the odd man out at that point. Right. Yeah. So it, it definitely wouldn't be uh, Ben Attendee. But it's just so hard to get the perfect fit. Uh, I guess that's what I've been getting at this whole time with Phillips and uh, Devers just now. It's just how do you how do you get the most out of what you have? There's just so many log jams. And I will say this, you know, because I've criticized Cora quite a bit, and you know, I wasn't thrilled with that lineup he put out today, right before an off day, but. I like the fact that he says that Devers and Evaldi have to be better. I because that gives me confidence. Accountability, that, exactly. It like that tells me when October does roll around, I'm at least probably not going to hate. You know, however he structures the lineup or how he slots the rotation in and who what his plans are for who to be long relievers and whatnot, like. That, you know, I'm a bigger Alex Cora guy now than I was a week ago because of that. And this this postseason will will probably kind of sway me. You know, I, if if I'm not an Alex Cora guy by the end of this, I might never be. No, and <laughs> so. uh, I mean, if they win the World Series and he manages, you know, just equally good as he is right now or even better. I mean, I think you're going to be on the right side of things and be a core guy, which will be exciting. Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily, he doesn't have to win the world series to win me over necessarily. Um, we got to get out of that first round. I, I know that much. Yeah. And then however it shakes out in the ALCS is, um, you know, we'll probably really determine it. I mean, don't get me wrong. If we, especially if we go to the World Series, we have to win it. You know, in my mind, it would be a crushing disappointment. But I'm not going to come out of it blaming Cora. And I wasn't blaming Farrell when he didn't do the double switch. You know, with with uh, Workman. And uh, I forget which game of the World Series it was, but it was obviously um, it must have been Game Three or Four. Um, yeah. But. I was like, well, he's going to get better. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy that he didn't know that he was supposed to do that, but he's going to get better, and he didn't. But but I wasn't jumping on the the anti-feral wagon at that point yet, you know, and so we'll, we'll just see how it goes. The other thing in the back of my mind, I, this is jumping too far ahead, but we're not going to – a year from now, we're not going to be at 97 wins. You know, we, we'll probably be at 81 or 82 wins or something like that at this point. And but it's going to be. But I've said this before, right? This is a spur of the moment. You know, this team finally got put together. They look really good. 
But here's the thing, they're probably going to add more pieces next year and not going to lose a bunch because half of them are already under contract if we think about it. So it'll kind of be like the 73-9 and Warriors the year that they went to the finals and lost, right? Minus the losing in the finals. The 73 wins was, you know, record-breaking, phenomenal. A better team the next year only wins 67 games. So that's what I think is actually going to wind up happening. They're going to have less wins next year but actually be a better team. No, and that's possible, but the roller coaster ride is going to, you know, is still going to get people wound up throughout the year. And Yeah, it's Boston. Because, you know, we're we're used to this. Some people might think that this is forever, you know, like the, yeah. the, the real casual fans. And it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, watch them flip out, but... But yeah, I mean it's it's really exciting though, and it it should be the third year uh, in a row that you know we win the division. Do we know what the magic number is? It, it must be fifteen for the moment, isn't it? I think it's yeah, I think it's actually fourteen. Oh, it's is it 14? fourteen? Somebody said I was one off yesterday, and he he might have been right, but um, no yeah, one... the magic number is fourteen, and the Yankees are down six nothing. So it could be thirteen then by the end of the night. Yeah, yeah, six nothing. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Who got the start tonight? Was it Sevy? Sev. <laughs> who? Who? So who starts? This is the wild card game right here, basically. So yes, like who starts? Like if you're, I. You know what? You kind of have to base it off this start, don't you, for Severino? Yeah, because it was Severino fires, which is probably going to wind up being the All Star. I mean, not the All Star, but the Wild Card game. But you, and I think it will be exactly that. Even if you do, you think they still give it to Severino? I don't think you cannot give it to Severino. Ooh, I mean, it's I a know. guy who you think is your ace. I mean, who else are you going to put there? Tanaka, Hap. Yeah. Well, Tanaka's. You don't been, have a lot of good options, is the I, thing. Tanaka's pitched pretty well though the second half, and and he's been there before. And I, I Sabathia is a no because I mean he can't. He has all he can do to get into the fourth inning lately, and um, I don't know. I mean Hap, I, maybe he can make a case anyway these last few weeks, but I think you really have to look at this game tonight in terms of Severino, and he gave up six runs. Yep, and fairly quickly, too, and two and uh, two-thirds. Yeah, I, that's tough. That is really tough, yeah. I might go with Tanaka. I might, I just based on what I saw tonight. And, he... I, and the funny thing is, I don't even think Aaron Boone has an option. He's going to do whatever the analytics team tells him to. Probably, because we've been saying that all along. Is he really managing? Puppet. Yeah. I'll tell you what, too. He's gotten really good at, like, theatrics. You know, with oh, yeah. when he got tossed. He, he looked good. He looked good getting tossed, you know. and Oh, yeah. He, he really brought it, but... The other thing I was worried about last night, he was kind of chirping about the balls and strikes just from the dugout. I think Stanton struck out, and then you, you could kind of see Boone mouthing off to the umpire from the dugout. And and I'm, I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, well, you know, that looks good, and you want to have your players' backs, but you got to still be the manager. You know, you still got to be the authority figure, and if you're just like one of them – at that point, you're going to lose the clubhouse eventually because you're not, 
you're not dealing out the disciplinary stuff. And so, and, and it's like with Aaron Boone, it's like, who the hell do you think you are? Like you hit one big home run in your career and it got you the man to be the manager of the Yankees. Right. Like at this point, just enjoy the ride. You're you're not going to get the calls because you're a first-year manager. You're the New York Yankees, so you'll get one every now and then. But come on, just cut uh, it out. How long do they ride this out with him? Because Cashman took a lot of heat for it. I mean, it, firing Girardi wasn't a popular decision. It was I, dumb. Yeah. I mean, I'll, there, there was definitely a large faction that wanted him gone amongst the fan base, but I, I'd like to think that it was at least 60% in favor of him still. And and he didn't look good in that game against the Indians where he didn't he didn't challenge the uh, the pitch where I think it went off the knob of the bat, but he should have checked to see, you know, just to make sure it was off the bat or whatever and you know and it's pe- so it's so crazy like when was the last time that a division who whose teams finished first and second both fired their manager yeah right and then to get like game seven like i wanted the yankees to suck so bad this year because i i just really wanted to watch the turmoil you know for for firing Girardi and it didn't happen because they've been the second best team in baseball and so the funny thing is this is almost better you think so in my opinion because you get to you get to watch them scramble you get to see the fan base on Twitter be like you know well you know we'll be all fine when Gary Sanchez gets back spoiler alert Gary Sanchez is back and y'all are still bad yeah, so that's, that fan base is scrambling. They're chasing. They're chasing a, a team that's basically already gone at this point. If we're being completely honest, right? It's kind and of it's it's funny. It's kind of like last year, like you know, with I kind of saw the writing on the wall like halfway through September. I'm like, you know what? We're just we're not really built to be a postseason team. And then the final week played out where. You know, we weren't sure if we were even going to win the division. We thought maybe there might have to be a game one sixty three, and then possibly a wild card. And and I knew by that point, I knew we were going to. I predicted a three to one loss in the ALDS, and and I think the Yankees are really trending towards that. And and even the wild card is is going to be really tough for them. But but. You know, in hindsight, a lot of people can look at the Red Sox and and say, "Yeah, you know what? We, you know, everyone should have known that we were definitely gonna get beat by the Astros." And and the Yankee fans are in denial right now, and I think they're gonna look back in hindsight and say, "Yeah, you know what? We should have known in September all along that we were not built for the postseason." And you know. So it sucks for them, and uh, it sucked for us. But, um, but you know, it, it is what it is, and and uh, I'm just glad it we're, happened. Yeah, I'm just glad we're going to win the division again. Me too. Yeah, and it's a must win. I mean, this this What's whole that, four straight. That would be three for us. Three. Yeah. Yeah, sixteen and seventeen. 15 was the Lavello year at the end. Um, but 
if we don't win or if if we, we don't make it to the World Series this season is a failure. Well, even we have to make it to the LDS LCS though. Like yeah. if we lose in the first round again, this whole season was a lie. This is all right, so I'm gonna say something a little controversial, right? I think this is a better team than we had in 04, 07. The 07 one is the closest by far. And then I think it's a better team than 2013, too. Just we're just uh, we're just missing a guy like a Lester. Yeah. Well, there's no precedence for any of these guys winning, obviously. Right. I'd feel a lot more comfortable if David Bryce had a couple of wins, obviously. You know? I think everybody would. I think I would feel more comfortable if, you know, Mookie Betts had more postseason success. Right. But. Here's here's the measuring stick for me. And I like to put Porcello in this moment, but go back to game three of the 2013 ALCS, Lackey versus Verlander. The Red Sox win that game one to nothing because John Lackey pitched the game of his life. And so did Justin Verlander until the seventh inning and gave up a solo to Napoli. And that was still a great performance, even though he was on the losing end of it. But put David Price in that position where Lackey was. Put Rick Porcello in that position. Do Porcello they... was in that position the next game in he, Detroit. He started oh, game four? With the Tigers. He didn't start, but he came in in relief, I'm pretty sure. Okay. But, I mean, even now, though, now that, you know, he's kind of evolved and, and you know, I mean, I think we can all agree that the Cy Young was a bit of a fluke, but, you know, he, he kind of emerged as... It was a product of a bad pitching year. Yeah, and just a really weird run that he was able to he was able to go on. But, um, but I, the point I'm making is I, I don't think Porcello lives up to it in that game. I think we lose that game if 2018 Rick Porcello is pitching it, or even 2016 Rick Porcello, for that matter. And I think we lose if David Price pitches that game as well. You know, 2018 David Price. So um, so we, we need these guys to step up, obviously, as, as starting pitchers and at least get us into the next round. So I don't know. And David Price gave up a home run to Chris Davis and, and lost that game against Oakland earlier in the year. So that's one guy on this staff that, that can that can take him deep if we do end up facing Oakland. And, and they can mash anyway. I mean, they're not going to be afraid of anyone we put on the mound. So <laughs> I don't know. Every you, uh, team is scary. Yeah. That's baseball, though. The good news is, the best part about this is, we get to find out in less than a month. Yeah. I love the month of October, though. I mean, even when the Red Sox the got best. tossed the last couple of years, I just, I absolutely love it. If I wasn't... There's nothing like watching an elimination game or even watching a game one of a series. It doesn't matter who's playing. It, it, it's it's just, just electric. The matchups are just so good, you know, and... Yeah... My favorite part is actually watching the managers like minds function, you know, because you get to see who actually is the best managers. 
You get to see what they do with their bullpens and what they make the decisions. You kind of see why they make their decisions once the pitchers get out there. But, I mean, it shows why Tito's one of the greatest of all time. Why Joe Madden, even though he's an idiot, somehow figures out to how to do things in October. And it's pretty phenomenal to watch. Yeah. I, and, yeah, I mean, Madden, that game with, uh, was it game seven with Hendricks, I think? And then he took, yeah he, he didn't leave, he took him out he didn't leave him out there and then he left he put Chapman in who you know blew it yeah had a tired arm by that point it's just crazy and you know you look at Cora and like we were saying earlier we don't know who our long guy is and he he might just have to take an old school approach and tell his starters at least Sale and Price being like look we need you for six or seven and and. You know, yeah, because you can't you can't tell Erod that for sure because well, he's not going to be able to throw 120 pitches in six innings. Arm right. can't take it. Yeah, and so you know you, you might see a bit of a old school approach there, and you look at all these teams too. Like I'm a little disappointed with the moves we made. I mean, the Kinsler move, I'm finally good with, and. He's swinging I'm actually a good okay bat. with most of them besides the Evaldi move, but I understand why that move needed to be made. Yeah, I think he should have just been a little more patient and, you know, got got someone better. I mean, even if you get Mike Fires, I mean, there was no way he was going to command a big trade at any point, you know, in the month of October. And we and were now he's shutting down the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. And we we were linked to him at, at some points and, um. I just think he should have he should have been a little more patient. We got a Voldy on the on the twenty fifth of the month, so there was almost a full week still to go, and you know, and it looked good at the time. And I was trying to be as open minded as I could. I mean, his career numbers didn't jump out at me, and you know, two Tommy Johns, but but the point I was getting at though is look at all these other teams they were like way more aggressive i mean whether the yankees moves pan out or not they were definitely aggressive i mean i didn't think they were going to get zach britton i i thought their bullpen was good you know as it was and that they needed a better starting pitcher but haps you know really panned out lance lynn not so much he got off to an okay start but really looks putrid lately but but they were aggressive, and the Astros got Ozuna, and they were a fairly complete team, you know, except for their bullpen. But but they went out and they got their piece, and the A's were extremely aggressive. They got Fires, Chapman. Um, uh, no, I didn't say I didn't mean Chapman. Uh, Familia is who I meant, and then they got Rodney. Um, didn't they get? Didn't they add a bat or no? The A's? Yeah. No. Okay. But they they were aggressive though. And a lot of their a lot of their trades are, are panning out and um who else am I missing? The Indians got Brad Hand and, and Adam Simber and that addressed a need and uh they just added Donaldson, which I'm kinda skeptical about at least Yeah, he just hit a homer in his first Yeah, Grand uh, Slam I think. Yep. Yeah. I I just, I mean, can his arm hold up at third base? That's my question. He's not going to play third base because Jose Ramirez is playing third base. Oh, is he? Oh, I thought. Yeah, that's where Jose Ramirez plays. 
I thought they were going to put Ramirez at second and then Kipnis in center, I thought is what I heard. That would be weird. Yeah, I, that was on MLB it's Network. It works. I just don't think Kipnis has the range. Or even Donaldson, you know, at this point. Like, I forget what it was with his with his arm, but he uh, was having a hard time throwing the ball. So, I who who knows how I, it'll pan out, but... Um, but like I said, the Indians were aggressive, and you look at the National League side, the Brewers, very aggressive. The Braves got uh, Brock, and then they got um, Gosman. I don't know. What did the Rockies do? Anything? Nothing, really. They just kind of, they. I mean, Freeland's doing amazing, and they're just kind of floating the boat right now. Yeah, and then the Diamondbacks got Escobar, and then they added Ziegler. That was a big one, in my opinion. I think so too. I loved that trade for them, and uh, but again, very aggressive. And uh, the Dodgers got Machado, so um, you know. So I think those teams. I think they outperform the Red Sox as far as trades go, and the Red Sox kind of you know the the Phillips thing looks good. You know that's just you know that was kind of a sneaky good move because anybody could have had him, and and um, Brazier just kind of worked out, kind of emerged from the farm, and so those kind of feel like acquisitions, and and. Um, but still, like I said, I just think we got outworked by uh, by the other teams. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully that doesn't doesn't come back to bite us. You ready to talk about the Astros? Uh yes. Why don't we uh, start with the uh, pitching matchups? I think game one is what Cole Price. But, yep, that's what I'm showing. And uh, Cole has been pretty solid all season, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, we actually just ran a poll on double coverage, kind of trying to figure out who is going to be the second starter during the LDS for the Astros, right? And actually the Astros fans seem to uh, want Keuchel to be the Game 2 starter. Yeah, I saw some stats on him the other day. He had like a a 4-plus ERA in April and May, and then basically from June 1st forward, he's pitching to a a 2.5, a little under that actually. So um, that's fine. That's good. And he's a lefty, right? I think Keuchel's a righty. Oh, is he a righty? My bad. I think so. I might be wrong, though. But, I mean, everybody's back healthy. That's the thing with this team. Uh, Alex Bregman had five RBIs again tonight. So it it's a lot like a mirror image of ourselves, right? Except their starting pitching is performing right now and actually healthy. Right, and they're proven. And actually, Keiko, Keiko is a lefty. So to, to me, he would be my game two starter, even if, even if Cole was, you know, a little bit better because – you, you want to slot a lefty in between him and Verlander. Yeah, you want to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I And I knew that because Devers had was hitting pretty well against lefties last year, and and for whatever reason, Farrell sat him during the Keuchel start. So that was kind of – and I wasn't – I think Marrero was his choice, so it was just a terrible yes. move by uh, Farrell in, in that spot. But – but getting back to what you were saying, they're all 
they're all pitching to their potential, you know, and um, it's tough to tell how the Cy Young's going to go. And the funny part is they're all pitching to their potential pretty much except for Justin Verlander. I mean, Verlander hasn't looked phenomenal his past couple starts. So, But we don't have to see Verlander, so that's all right. And we've actually... Yeah, we handled old, Justin pretty well. Yeah, we, we've got a good history. Even... I remember going to a game. It was him versus Daniel Bard, and we let Verlander oh, wild that times. Night. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, and that was obviously a different staff back then, anyway. But but um, but just at certain points, we we have hit him pretty well. Uh, how's Morton been? He's uh, pitching game two. He's gotten knocked around his last few starts by the looks of it. Well, while you kind of look up everything on Morton, the guy, you know, everybody talked about the Ozuna deal at the deadline. The most important deal that the Astros actually made at the deadline was actually getting Presley from the Twins. I mean, he's a right-handed pitcher. He's got phenomenal stats. I mean, I think his slider has the second biggest bite on it. I think that's the stat uh, besides Luis Severino. And he has been lights out since being acquired. Yeah, they got him from Minnesota, and that was kind of a little bit under the radar at the time. I mean, I don't recall him being, you know, highly coveted, but... Um, He's one of those uh, advanced stat guys that looks really good if you're into all of those. Yeah, I, I get Actually that. Actually drafted by the Red Sox, by the way. Was he? Yep. Huh, what year? 2007, 11th round, out oh. of Flower Mound, Texas. So he's been around a while then. Yeah. How old is he? Uh, he is uh, 29 years old. Oh, really? Wow. I, I was going to guess yeah. he was 32, 33. So um, his last 15 games that he's appeared in, right? 14.2 innings pitched, a .61 ERA. Wow. Dude has been lights out. No walks, by the way. 21 strikeout. They had a like a top five bullpen for most of the year, and I think they were even number one for a little while, which was kind of surprising. And yeah, they went through a, a stage where Davinsky struggled. Even McHugh actually struggled, which was really weird for him because he's been lights out pretty much his whole career. But they decided to make what was good even better, and I don't blame them for that. Yeah, and Ozuna, though, struggles against the Red Sox. Like we've put, We've hammered him. A number of times, so um, I don't know if they were really looking at that at the time they made the deal, but that's one guy we can, if we need to rally, you know, some runs might be put up against him, but um, but yeah, I uh, I, I had heard kind of Presley was was doing well, and I was kind of surprised because his numbers weren't crazy at the deadline, but, but that coaching staff there they seem to know stuff that nobody else knows you know and earlier in the year they were saying a lot of these Astros pitchers and I think Morton especially had one of the highest spin rates you know in the league and yeah that's that's the thing that they're really big on in Houston is spin rate yeah and that's why they didn't seem too concerned about Charlie Morton right that's why he is 13 and 3 yeah, and I mean, crazy, but he's really emerged as as a as a really good starting pitcher. Now, 
obviously, I mean, is who's the game four starter on that staff? Is it is it Morton? Yeah, it's Charlie Morton, one hundred percent. Is Morton? Yeah, and McCullers that is injured too, so, um, or at least last I knew he was, so he he wouldn't have been viable anyway so it will it will definitely be interesting to see if aj hinch actually slides morton back into that long relief i guess well who, the funny the, part is i don't think they need martin morton there i think mccullers would be if if he comes back which i don't think he's going to at least for a while i think McHugh would actually be the best one for that long relief role guy yeah. that started as a starting pitcher in his career he's pitched those innings and he i think he would be fine and, and play the morton role basically yeah and you may as well and i you know what the score of the series is could also dictate how those things go anyway i mean farrell was using chris sale in in game four as a reliever at, at one point so um, not saying other managers would have, but sometimes the circumstances are just going to dictate things a, a certain way. Um, who do we? So how do we see it going? Then it, it's going to be. Price's, I don't feel awful about this David Price start. You don't feel awful about it? No, because he proved to me last year that he could pitch against them during the postseason, and then he did it again with another start in Houston earlier this year. So that's not a start that I'm really too worried about. Yeah. Uh, I think the one that I'm really worried about, I think, is game three, right, with Porcello? Is that the is that game three? That is game three. That's the one that I'm kind of worried about because if they get something on Rick, then we're kind of screwed. I don't want them to get into Rick's head or anything like that. Even if he goes like like he did... Like like the last series, right? Where he goes five innings. He doesn't look awful. He doesn't look great. Gives up two hits. He did it against a good Atlanta team, a young Atlanta team. If he does that against Houston, I will be 100% okay with it. We can win two out of three, for sure. Yeah. And I thought Chris It's going to be a bloodbath, though. You think so? Yeah, like I, high, I think that this is going to be the toughest set that we've had in a while. I guess back to the um, the Tampa series, but I think it's going to be more back and forth than the Tampa series was. Yeah. And Sale, I guess, isn't going to be an opener in any of these games, I guess? No. Okay. No, I think it's Price, Erod, Porcello. Isn't it funny how when we when things get tense you start to hear more of oh oh sales doing this today sales doing that uh maybe maybe this weekend or maybe game three of this series or whatever he could come back and then and then we just go on a tear again and it's like everything gets scrapped again (laughs) yeah it's like everything's okay again yeah it's like it's like they they just don't want to use him for as long as we have a big lead basically and then when things when it gets down to six or seven games over the Yankees, then they're like they start to ramp it up again. And I mean, he pitched four straight days at 120 feet on on flat ground, just playing long toss. And I don't know, he just 
just haven't really heard much and and then are you starting are you starting to buy in the fact that they're just kind of resting him oh yeah yeah and i mean that's been in the back of my mind anyway really yeah but but it's like they really want to rest this guy like they have no interest in starting him unless they have to well they want i I think that cora wants him to be able to go 120 pitches during the postseason oh is that what he said i'm saying no i'm I'm that's what i'm thinking okay you know you want him to be able to give as much as he can every single game and outlast the other starting pitcher. Because if you outlast the other starting pitcher, then normally you'll have the lead at that point. True. Yeah. And, I mean, his stuff was nasty in that one. The Baltimore start. Yeah. yeah so what, 12 strikeouts in five innings. Yeah. So he, he showed that he could do it. And I think he's smart enough that – he can back off if he has to, you know, and pitch the contact if, you know, if we got a big enough lead, you know, so he he's not completely gassing himself out there. Right. And, you know, when he came over here and we kind of allowed him to pitch the contact last year, I don't, I just don't think that's him. He's smart enough to do it right, but he's also super competitive to where he wants to strike everybody out. Because that's what Chris Sale does. Yeah, and you know, and maybe he will keep that mentality the whole time. But I just think he's a really smart pitcher and can can shift gears if he has to. And I'm just really glad that he's on our team. <laughs> yeah. And last question with him though: Is it to his benefit that he doesn't see these guys in September? Or, like, who has the advantage, really? Does he have I, the ad- I don't want Alex Bregman to have another bat against Chris Sale before the postseason. Yeah. I don't. Well, he hasn't seen him. He hasn't seen him since they kind of fixed his delivery and closed him off. And that's a big deal because if Bregman gets to Sale, that's when everything starts to become unraveled. Alex Bregman is the heart and soul of that team. I don't think people understand that. And if he gets the wheels turning, that entire team will get going. Yeah, no, and I totally get that. I'm just I'm just wondering if it's to sales advantage or disadvantage. Okay, because my only concern is he's not going to get any chance to make adjustments. Like, he could get shelled this week against them and kind of know – what he's doing and have that intel for the playoff start but where he doesn't have that if he gets off to a bad start who knows if he's going to get it back you know that type of thing and so you know typically the more the more a pitcher sees a lineup it's typically to their advantage but um I, I don't know. But it can so, also go the other way. Yeah, well, hopefully it will because, you know, that appears to be the situation where he's just going to get maybe one start against them in October if all goes well, you know. And, well, I, actually, I guess he would pitch a game five, but um, we'd have to sweep them for him to not see them twice. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. It's just, just kind of interesting and his Cleveland numbers, I mean, they're his boogeyman as well. So I, It's the AL Central as a whole. True, true. 
But I just mean, they've had so many at bats of it against him throughout the years that they have enough tape. Yeah, and, and some of them are just good. I mean, Ramirez. Yeah, the two MVP candidates on the left side of the infield are pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and uh, you know, Price against I, I they they weren't a very good lefty hitting team last year, and that's why when people cite the fact that Price dominated them. And, you know, in those relief appearances, I just kind of roll my eyes because I'm like, CC Sabathia dominated them. Rich Hill dominated them. And they just couldn't hit lefties throughout the, the postseason. And, and so, it, you know, price is really no different. And, and I think last I checked, they were like ranked sixth against uh, lefty pitcher so they they seem to be a little better this year but but so is price you know he's having one of his best years probably since 2015 when he was cy young runner-up so um his best his best season with us yeah by far by far and so yeah so who knows i mean it's just kind of it's obviously not the be-all and end-all this weekend, but uh, hopefully we look good. And and Erod's the most curious one of them all, I would say. Erod is the X factor yeah. of the entire of the entire playoffs, in my opinion. Right, exactly. Because if he can be, if he can be like we've we saw in the last start, you know, like that. And this team is going to be very, very hard to beat pitching-wise. Yeah, you know, with his changeup working as good as it was, you know, he just... That's, that's the key with him, too. If he can get his breaking stuff working, we yeah. know he can throw a fastball. Right. Absolutely. And I, I love Erod, and, you know, it, it's kind of hard to defend him, you know, when he's injured all the time. And, and you know, he's almost... In a way, like Buckholtz, I think he's he's got a little bit more toughness on the mound than Buckholtz, though. And um, but still, you know, finds himself on the DL for extended periods. And just be glad that you defend Erod and not Price, because it's extremely hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, uh, yeah, I already know what my tweet's gonna say. If Price loses this game and doesn't look good i'm just gonna tell people i'll be like look i'm not gonna call david price a fraud for losing today but i will in october you know when when he's 0 for 10 0 for double digits at that point you know little little non-red Sox news real quick trevor story hit a ball 505 off his back foot wow <laughs> that's wild He's got one of the coolest names in, in MLB, Trevor Story. That he does. Hashtag story time. I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love it's, that. It's amazing, honestly. I love that, that Rockies team. team as a whole is a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Nolan Arenado. Who doesn't love Nolan, Nolan Arenado? Yeah, who, I don't understand. He's a lot like Goldie to me to where I don't understand how people could not like Nolan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you always see him, even when things aren't going well, and you know he's not, you know, Mister Smiles. He's in that dugout, getting in people's faces, yep, telling that's them. That's one of my favorite clips. You is better him just going off in that dugout, yeah. and yelling at everyone exactly. like that they should be better than this. Yeah, I I love him. I don't know. I mean, he's I think what a free agent after next year. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if we could be in play for him at that point. I mean, a lot of money would be off the book. So, um, yeah. But you also got to find a way to sign some of these guys. Or who knows? Maybe even Devers turns into a half decent third baseman. Yeah, but it wouldn't he possibly end up at first though? Isn't that I kinda... want him to end up at first so bad? Yeah, because I mean Chavis and Dahlbeck and maybe Sam so Travis. I, I want I want Dahlbeck to be playing third base here within the next couple of years. Right? Is he a ball yet or no double A actually? Yeah, he's he's in Portland. Yeah, so he could be up next year. I mean, if things if he just goes on a tear, I mean. Once you're in Double A, I mean, I mean we've we seen... saw it with Benny. Yeah, half the people skip Triple A anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mookie played the, in Pawtucket for what? Just a week? I think a week or yeah, something like that. Exactly, it wasn't long. Yeah, Benny just skipped it as a whole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Let's see. Let's just. Uh, what else is going on around the league that we can possibly? Let's check on the Yankees real quick. <laughs> Seven to nothing. Hooray! Yeah, I've got that one on. Uh, let me see. Let me just pull up the standings real quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. That's just my go-to. Um, the Cardinals... Twins lost five in a row after dropping three straight to the Astros. Uh, the Indians' magic number is now eight. Eight to win the division? Yep. Yeah, that's nothing. Um Let's see. The Cardinals have cooled off, though, as of late, haven't they? Yeah, they had to have. Yeah. They've won two in a row, but, you know, the Cubs just kind of – it's not that they took care of the the Brewers, right? It's just they've created four games of separation at this point. I think the Brewers took, like, the first two, and then the Cubs finally said, hey, we're the Chicago Cubs. I need you to step back. Right. Yeah, and what about the West? I mean, what a mess. And that's a good it mess. It is though. a train wreck. Yeah. It's it's what the West is every year, though. Every year around this time, besides, I mean, last year, there's like three or four teams in it. But, I mean, at, at July 31st, I mean, we were talking about how we couldn't, nothing stood out. I, I don't know if the Rockies did anything, really. And... I mean, it was just all about Arizona, L.A., you know, and they're scuffling. I mean. Here's the thing with Coors, though. Once your bats get hot, if they get hot on the road, you come home, and they look like an electric factory. Yeah, apparently. And, you know, the Dodgers um, lost Morrow, and they've had some issues with Jansen. So you got some bullpen issues there and i mean isn't the back end of their rotation kind of struggling as well the dodgers pretty much as a whole are struggling especially with jansen out i mean they're seven and seven and three in their last 10 but i mean they're doing it with guys like muncie it's it's gonna be really hard for them if they do make it to the wild game wild card game to be good with the couple of the core guys out yeah but i mean they could still win the division as well yeah, and they're only a game back. Right. And let's see. Uh, I wouldn't well, mind a wild card rematch of last year's. Well, right now the wild card is actually St. Louis-Milwaukee if it ended today. So, 
I mean, that's exciting. You might have to win the West to get in. I mean, that might be your only way in. And the Brewers aren't playing bad ball right now. I mean, they they've had a couple of walk off wins lately. And oh, yeah, they're seven three in their last ten. Yeah, I think wasn't that Carl Edwards had a meltdown the other day, and and uh, Madden, yes. Madden got tossed, and uh, Brewers walked yep. it off. Yeah, and I know they got the Reds late in the month because I'm going to be at that game in a couple weeks. But so that you know that's a. That's a nice series for them, and I don't know. And St. Louis ends with the Cubs, as we've said, so that could it's that'll probably, be fun. It won't it won't decide the division necessarily, but it'll you know it'll probably determine whether Houston either gets home field in a in a wild card or or makes it or whatever. So they're going to have a lot on the line for sure, and. With the with the Diamondbacks, like what's going on? Is it the bullpen? Because I know Bradley got hammered by Kemp. Kemp, and yeah, that, Kemp had his way with Bradley. Yeah, they've uh, only won four of the last ten. But I don't know. I just when they made the Ziegler deal, I'm like they already had the best bullpen in MLB, and I just thought that that would put them over the top. And Buckholtz is pitching pretty well and Grinky has his ERA under three like I didn't see that like I, I've been completely sleeping on him and I don't know I, I, I haven't really looked at their rotation lately but when it's like Robbie Ray starting starting to turn it around and yeah. once I mean if you can get Grinky and Robbie Ray going then I mean that could be a pretty beneficial duo if you do make it to the postseason I mean, Buckholz is in there. I mean, he's got to yeah. be the two or three starter if they get to the uh, LDS for sure. So it's just, yeah. Gladro doing Gladro things. Right. And I don't know. It's just, that's a fun division right now anyway. Like, it's tough to tell that there's anything wrong with baseball, you know, when you yeah, look at those it's, two. It's getting exciting, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, this, on, is the best. this is leading up to the best time of year. On paper, the East looks good, but I mean, really, they're just the two top. top heavy. Yeah, they're just underperforming, really. Um, yeah, and kind of scuffling. Both both of them have only won four out of their last ten. Um, yeah, and is is Seattle like? Can we write their obituary yet? Yeah, I Seattle is Seattle. Just yeah. put them to bed. Yeah. They had that uh, brawl, apparently. I guess it was between D. Gordon and Gene Segura. Yeah, which is, I mean, Segura's always been a hothead, right? But it takes a lot to get D. Gordon fired up. Yeah, he made the, he himself. Made the reporters leave. Yeah, he evacuated the, the uh, clubhouse there and then just went to town and, I guess Zanino jumped in. I thought Zanino was one of the primary combatants, but apparently he was just trying to help break it up. He's trying to break it up. Yeah, and they just extended uh, Scott's service. So (laughs) then this happens. But I don't know. I mean, the Marlins extended Mike Redman. They gave him a three-year deal and then fired him like nine games into the season. So I Yeah, it happened. I mean, the Rams did it last year with Jeff Fisher. Oh, did they? Or they hired Sean McVay. Oh, yeah. 
They gave Jeff Fisher an extension and then two days later actually fired him. Two days? Two days. Wow, wow shit. It was incredible. So did the the other coach just become available or No, they just they decided that seven and nine wasn't gonna be acceptable anymore. It was it was actually hilarious because the internet absolutely roasted them whenever they extended Jeff Fisher because they're just promoting mediocrity. Right. And then Sean McVay comes in and I think they go eleven and five this year. Yeah. Turn it around. Yeah. Well, I mean, were was they a playoff team last year or no? Yeah, yeah. They went no. eleven and five, and they oh, are the oh. yeah. On, okay. Yeah, they're on paper the best team in football this year. Okay. Yeah. I thought I remembered them doing fairly well, but they did lose. Uh, what they lost to the Eagles right away, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the Eagles got hot, you know, at the right time. But yeah, so yeah, with baseball, with the you know the National League is obviously a lot more interesting right now because there's only one true uh, AL race going on right now. So and we're kind of watching we, that. Hopefully, we will be at a hundred wins by the end of the week, which is crazy to think. Like by by the end of the next two series, let's put it that way. Oh, okay, because I'm like we got to sweep. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't mean I didn't mean I mean like like next week from oh, today. Okay, yeah, yeah. Who who do we have after Houston? Do you know? I think it's the Marlins. No, not the Marlins, but it's like the Mets or somebody like oh, that. Oh, it is the Mets. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm We're not really sleeping ex- on really them excited because about that they, you know, they've played well in in spurts this uh, second half. So oh, okay, so we go Blue Jays Mets. Oh, Blue Jays Mets. All right. Yeah. So my next question was, might we face Degrom? But it's probably a little too early. Yeah, a little too early. All TBAs to this point. Or will uh, they? Because. You, you huh? I said, or will they? Because you, uh, you, one of you guys mentioned that they might just sit him to kind of protect his um, one six eighty RA. Yeah, or, absolutely. Or, 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 wouldn't you do the same thing? Well, does it matter now? I guess is my next question. Or does because oh I no, mean, he's he's the runaway Cy Young. Yeah. So and at this point, I think he's competing for MVP votes. So maybe they probably do play him then. I, I would say. But, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, are like, we? He's got, he's got the best numbers for a Cy Young winner in the past ten years, which wow. is incredible to think. And he's got better numbers when than when Verlander won the MVP. He's got better numbers than when uh, Kershaw won the MVP. So why not Jacob Degrom for MVP? Who's the closest to him? Like, or who's the front runner if it's not him? That's a good question, actually. Yeah. See, I, I. Uh... I can look at the same. Aaron Nola. Nola or Scherzer? No, no, I meant for MVP, not Cy Young. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I mean, maybe Baez, Arenado, guys like that. Yeah. W- wouldn't it be Baez of the two? Baez looks really good right now. Yeah. So He, he impresses me. And he's always been really good anyway, but he's just been lights out all year. Already at a hundred RBIs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, those are the guys that you know Degrom, I guess, is up against as a pitcher. Baez is three points away, right, from being a three hundred thirty hundred and twenty one guy. Wild. 
he'd be hitting 330 home runs, 100 RBIs, and 20, 21 stolen bases. That is absolutely okay. incredible. I was wondering if he might get 30, but probably not. 30 stolen bases. He might. I mean, he's he possibly good. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, I, I forgot to mention it, but was it this series? I think it was the series before last. Bobby Pointer has a slow delivery and yeah it's it's a problem they were running at will on him like remember that series we were doing it against gosman like that was all tape like well, they just knew coming into the game that they were just going to run on him but but with pointer it was just so painfully obvious they picked it up you know during the game and they just they took off and i'm like geez you know i don't know how they address that you know he, he'll probably have to do some pickoff attempts, but I, I, geez, I, hope. we've seen, we've seen the worst person ever throw to first base than Lester. So it can't <laughs> be worse than that. Uh, the worst one was it, was it Rajay Davis during the, playoffs? it was not good. <laughs> like Davis is like, I think he was starting to run, but then he turns back and then He's like doing this dance or whatever because he doesn't know what the yeah. fuck to do, and and Lester's just looking at him like a deer in the headlights, and and he gets back to the bag, and I'm like, geez, like how did we? I'm like... waiting for Lester on the mound to be like, just go, just go, <laughs> please. Uh, how did we? How was that not like painfully obvious? By 2013, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that we even really tried to address it either. I mean, it, well, he's a lefty, so you know, yeah. so that helps. But, but, yeah. oh, if he was a righty, it would be so much worse. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah, because he's his back's to him. But yeah, I don't know. So, uh, what about uh, eight ball? Do we have anything? Yes. Let me find it. You want to just – did you post it again this week? I did, yeah. So right. uh, let's see. I haven't – like I've neglected my account for the last eight hours, so. Ooh, we have one. One? That's the best yeah. thing to do. <laughs> we have one, and then I'll go back and get a couple from the last one. All right. Uh, Mookie Season, our graphic designer, let's put it that way. Uh, will Brandon Phillips win World Series MVP? Eight Ball says yes, definitely. Ooh, let's go. Let me find it. It's roughly scroll, what, scroll, scroll. Three days ago, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Some thank of you them... to everyone who followed the the new podcast account. By the way, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get on that. I I had to ban myself because apparently. Um, two of us being logged in as I don't. I don't think there's any question who's running the account. By the way, with the amount of gifts, <laughs> yeah. Like I thought about that. I was like, I wonder if people question who's running it. And then I just scrolled through all the gifts that I posted. I was like, no, it's definitely the 22 year old. <laughs> I'm actually really bad at managing the avid Boston one too. So like, it's really? it's definitely better that you're you're. Uh, doing the podcast one yeah i have i have all three on mine i have mine the double coverage and the benny and the bets on there yeah is this our last year of real contention joshua nord 
Oh, he's actually my one of my writers. Uh, really? Yep. Let's see. Better not tell you now. Oh, the suspense. Uh, Daniel, sorry, Daniel McLean. Will JD Martinez get the triple crown? That's an excellent question. And eight ball says, without a doubt. Ooh, let's see. A lot of these are questions that we can answer afterwards, but well, well, you could, like they're not like yes no questions. Yeah, or you could just turn it into one. Uh, I can. That one would be really hard. Let's see. You know, let me see if I can find it. Oh, here it is. Uh, when is no? That doesn't work either. Is there anyone in the bullpen that we can trust? Is there anyone <laughs> That's Laura. in the bullpen? I do you know her? She lives near you, I think. She's in Texas. I know this. But Terry, Texas is a very big place. It's like another country. I know it's big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my sources say no. Can't no trust anybody. I wonder who the source is. Well, that's good. That's who I want to know. Good. Um, when is Devers coming back? Isn't gonna. Yeah, work. that's not like a lot of these. Like, who's gonna win the NL West? Stuff like that. Well, you, you could, want to do uh, Will Jacob Degrom win the NL MVP? Will Jacob Degrom win the NL MVP? Without a doubt, that's like the most popular hey, answer for this one. Alicia Townsend, will the offense ever get it together? Will the offense? Eight ball says my sources say no. A lot of repeats. Somebody, somebody hasn't been watching like past the sixth inning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hang on, so let's, uh, we can't say uh, who's going to take the NL West and Central, but let's just pick a team then. Uh, let's say, I'm going to say, will the Diamondbacks win the NL West? Eight ball says, stuck in between them right now. My sources say no. Um, so that mean the Rockies? It must be the Rockies, yeah. So, um Will the Cubs win the uh, oh the sex World hour? <laughs> I didn't even see the handle. Uh, will the Cubs win the? <laughs> yeah, the Cubs says yes. We'll win the uh, NL Central. So any of uh, the others we can uh, turn up there. Let's see. Uh, I think we got them all. Bringer of Rain said, uh, why does our bullpen suck so bad? We could always turn it into, will the bullpen always be this bad? <laughs> will the all bullpen always be this bad? As I see it, yes. Oh, this eight good. ball hates our bullpen. Between, yeah. between your eight ball and my 50 cent piece picking games for the NFL season this year, we're a little wild. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, uh, That's about it. He says, "Why start Johnson when we have Wright?" And I don't know if he listens. Wright but... might wind up being our long relief guy, and I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, you know, I asked in like an emergency situation, like just nothing's working out. Could Stephen Wright start a game? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, what if what if Sale it, it could happen? I don't think it's going to. What if Sale or Price have to come out of the bullpen? You know, like. You know, what if that ends up being the solution, you know, because Porcello can't get out of the second inning, like, 
I yeah I I don't know I that's interesting and and uh, I like him so it'd be fun to watch anyway. Uh, real quick, little last note: uh, Mookie Betts is minus two thirty five to win the AL MVP. The next closest is Mike Trout at plus four fifty, JD Martinez at plus five hundred, so basically five to one. So is Jose Ramirez and Jose Altuve at ten to one. Yeah, so he's got it. Those are huge odds. So. Yeah. 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 Well, all right, man. Uh, I think we covered everything. You know, it was kind of a weird series. So, uh, be a I walk- will be absent Sunday. You will so. be. So, you're leaving me with Dave. <laughs> Dave left me with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Dave's a good guy. I'm um, really upset about missing this next series, too, because I hate the Astros so much. Yeah, and it, there could be a, a lot to really have to digest in that next show. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. But I don't know if I'll uh, if it'll just be Dave and I or if I'll um, find a, you know, a guest co-host or whatever. But I'll uh, figure it out on Sunday. All right. Well, all right, man. Good show, and uh, Good we'll uh, we'll see how how the Red Sox and Astros pan out. Yes, sir. All right. Have a good all night, right. Well, all right, everyone. Just uh, Austin and I tag teaming episode seventy eight. So, for those of you that hung tough. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, hope we'll have a good series. The pitching matchups are definitely a lot more interesting with the Astros, and uh, Yankees are losing eight to nothing right now, top of the seventh. So all is right with the world, at least for now. As I say that, they hit a home run. <laughs> I think that's uh, El Gary Sanchez. So. Oh, well, have a good night, everyone, and we'll catch you Sunday. It's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, a fenway home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox right for eternity. I sleepwalk.